Yeah, God saw that, and he's like, you know, he held those brakes together for 400 miles <laughs> and then finally let him go right as I was back in the trailer into my driveway. This is Camus. And this is Kylie. Welcome to God is Real, God is Good, a podcast where we collect stories about God working in people's lives through big, miraculous ways all the way down to small, everyday things. Hi, everybody. This is Camus, and welcome to this week's episode of God is Real, God is Good. This week, we have my Uncle Buck and his wife, Tiffany. So, hello. Hi. So, just obviously, I know you all and your stories, but for everybody else, why don't you tell us where you're from? Well, I'm from Lewiston, Idaho, originally. Uh, went into the military, spent some time in Japan, and came back to Lewiston, and now I live over in the Seattle area. That's cool. And Tiffany, where are you from? I'm from Virginia, um, transplanted to Washington State, where Kayla and I have been living together for the last year. We're recently married, so we blended our family. Um, But I've been in Washington for about seven years, but born and raised Virginia country girl. (laughs) That's nice. So why don't you tell us all about your religious background, how you guys grew up? Well, I grew up grudgingly going to church because my grandma or mom or dad made me. Uh, Went to Seventh-day Adventist churches, went to Lutheran churches, um, just kind of here and there and kind of floated to different churches as I was a young adult Um, and then uh, ended up finding uh, a good church um, with a pastor that uh, always bugged me and reached out a lot and just would not stop calling and checking in on me. Um, and then finally it just hit that, uh, you know, that uh, he cared. And so I kind of stuck with that church. And and so that's kind of where it started. That's cool. Yeah. And Tiffany, how about you? Um, so for as long as I can remember, I was in a Methodist church. Um, I remember, you know, we always, we used to have to get dressed up. You know, we, it's not like today where we can wear jeans and our t-shirts, but I remember we went to church every Sunday and it's really all I knew. I didn't know anything different. Um, and it wasn't until I moved out and got married and then was going through a divorce where I really, really kind of felt for the first time, like my experience of what it's like to have a relationship with the Lord and with Jesus, because I didn't have that before. I mean, mm-hmm. I knew who He was, yeah. but I didn't do much with it. It was just a lot of knowledge. Yeah, I mm-hmm. know that. Like, it's so easy when you grow up in the church to like have a lot of head knowledge, but like to switch that over to like a heart knowledge and like really accept like, wow, like this God cares about me because it's so easy like to go through the motions and not realize that you're really saved. Mm-hmm. Well, that's cool. I can really resonate. Do you guys have any really interesting or good stories about how you know, like, God is real? Like, just a moment in your life where you're just like, wow, God. Well, um, like I said, with my pastor um, always bugging me, and I was going through a lot of dark times. Um, yeah. had gone through a divorce and was really lonely. And just kind of wanted to be by myself and alone. And Mm -hmm. I'd take a lot of camping trips by myself and kept getting phone calls and texts. And I'd ignore them. And um, one day I was just sitting at the lake and he called and and I didn't 
pick it up. And then I thought, well, I should probably do that. So I called and then that's kind of where our, our relationship there came from. Um, you know, I used to be, I always say I used to be a fan, you know, like a fan of God, like, you know, um, but I wasn't on the team. It's kind of like watching football, you know, you're sitting there watching, you know, all the players and stuff, Mm -hmm. but you don't play yourself and, you know, you um, like enjoy it, but you're not like actively participating. Right. So, you know, I go and do my, you know, church thing on Sundays and I sit there and, you know, sing and do whatever. And then I leave and I don't think about it again until I, you know, come back the next so I went from being a fan sitting at the back of the church because I wanted to be the first one out so I could start my week, you know, after the thing to, you know, sitting up at the front and staying behind and, and talking with the pastor and, mm-hmm. and doing that. It's just something that kind of, uh, there wasn't really anything specific. It was that mm-hmm. that place I looked forward to going to church um, during that part of time after I got over my wanting to be alone because I realized that there's a community there um, and that people cared and that, you know, I shouldn't be ashamed to, um, you know, show my feelings in that setting. And then one day there was, you know, particular bad and I was sitting up at the front and um, I was uh, just basically, you know, crying because I was just so alone and, you know, just Mm -hmm. didn't know where to go. And so I was sitting at the front and before church and one of the guys came up and he handed me a, um, his Bible and it had a passage in there and he's like, you can have this. And well, I I had one, but I read it and, Mm -hmm. and then he kind of became, you know, kind of like a friend mentor to me for a while. And, and, um, you know, and then I got introduced to more people and, and so, you know, that's just kind of, kind of how it's progressed. And, I don't have any like, you know, big stories that like, well, you know, I was disabled and now I can, you know, walk or Mm -hmm. whatever, but I have little, you know, things in my life that have happened to where, um, you know, when I'm in a dark place, the light is always the brightest. And so before I, you know, would get stuck in a place and now, you know, I can, I get there, but I can now see the light and it helps me out. And I have anxiety. So a lot of times when I can't sleep, um, I have to pray. I just have to sit there and pray. And before you know it, I'm asleep, you know, like, um, you know, just little things. Um, You know, I have little stories like Mm -hmm. um, I was pulling my fifth wheel across Idaho and Washington and I blew a tire and, you know, a whole bunch of, you know, one thing after another things happened. And I was like, I I was just sitting there just like, this is not good. What could be any worse? Like, you know, first blow a tire and then this breaks and that breaks and I'm behind on time and I'm spending lots of money and, you know. So nothing's going right. Yeah, I was just really, really upset. And I remember even calling my dad. I'm just like, this day is garbage, you know. And to get to my house at the very last, you know, mile, you go down this really steep hill that Mm -hmm. intersects um, a T in a road. And then past that, so like you go over the embankment and like over the hill, mm-hmm. um, and but then you you turn, um, and then you go about a quarter mile and, and you pull into my driveway. Well, I was pulling into my driveway, and just as I was backing my fifth wheel in, my rear brake caliper completely busted, okay. fell out of <laughs> fell out of, from the bot- from underneath my truck, and I lost wow. all my brakes, 
right as I was pulling my fifth wheel onto its, uh, you know, tire stop. Oh, and I was thinking, I just went down this really steep hill. And if I would have lost my brakes, I would have went down the mountain and yeah. I would be dead. And so totally. it kind of gave me a whole different feeling. Like mm-hmm. I shouldn't be complaining about this and this and this and that because, you know, things could be a lot worse. And I really believe that, you know, yeah. that God, God, like, yeah, God saw that. And he's like, you know, he held those brakes together for 400 miles <laughs> and then finally let him go right as I was back in the trailer into my driveway, you know? It's just little stories like that. And, you know, I mean, I have a lot of, you know, things with, you know, relationships and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. you know, that, you know, have gone sideways and where I've had to, you know, do searching and, you know, a lot of, you know, persecution in my work and stuff where, um, you know, I before would, you know, not know how to handle it. But now I, you know, since I have the Lord, I, you know, have more of a, you know, vengeance is is his and revenge isn't mine and just little things like that. So just kind of a better sense of. No, that's really powerful. I think that's like kind of what God does. Like he gets into those little parts of us. Like just today I lost my temper and I was yelling at the dogs and I'm like, God, I can't do this. Like that's, that's not right. They're dogs. Yeah. And it's just funny how like he works through those little ways in our lives. And like, we can really see like, even just like in those little moments, like change that we never saw before, like before, like it never occurred to me, like yelling at the dogs might be a bad thing. Right. But like just, no, but those are powerful stories too. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I still struggle every day with certain things. There's people in my life that I have struggles with and everything, but you know, if you look back on all the struggles that you've had in your life, I bet you there's not a single struggle that you've come out of saying, you know what, I'm worse for it. Yeah. So you can always look back and say that that was some kind of lesson to refine my sharp edges. Mm-hmm. You know, that Definitely. that, you know, I went through that, you know, to get polished up. Mm-hmm. I went through this because of that, you know. If if you have don't have patience for something, then you yeah. might be tested with patience and then come out and hopefully you've learned something. So um I just I try to do that now cuz I you know, going through trials and when you're in the middle of it, you're like, this is like the worst thing that's ever happened to me. And how can it ever get any better? (laughs) But then you think about it and you've been there before and you've always come out ahead. And so you just got to look back and say, I've been here before and God has always given me the strength. You know, people say, and I even say like, oh, God won't give me, you know, anything more than I can handle. But I actually would like to think of it as, God gives you the strength to handle it, mm, you know? Yeah. So it's like, strength isn't for me, you know, he, mm-hmm. it's like, not like, well, I'm strong enough to get through this. It's, it's, you see, you know, you have a trial in front of you and yeah, you, you can't handle it. So you have to ask God and he gives you that strength to get through it. So yeah. it's not like, you know, he's saying, well, I'm only going to give you a certain amount because that's all you can take. Yeah. No, he's giving you the strength to take it so no I love that perspective because like there's so often like times in my life where I've really struggled and like it's felt like overwhelming and like god you know why is this overwhelming like why is this too much like you know like we should be stronger we should be better Mm -hmm. but like it's really like when we turn to god and we're like you know I can't handle this this is too much that's when he gives us the strength to pull through it like Mm -hmm. whether it be a hard time in our life you know our struggles with our work or whatever but like that's when he really shows us you know I am here and I'm going to be, I'm going to sustain you. And that's where we really like see, wow, God works and he's refining me. Right. Um, but I think it's also important because I'm the kind of person that doesn't like to like 
you know, I don't hang out with a lot of people, you know, but you have to have that community, you know, because you can't do it on your own. You got to have somebody that's, you know, you're accountable to, Mm -hmm. um, you know, you, and I think we've all heard it. It's that, you know, saying like, you know, you take a bunch of coals yeah. and you take one out, that coal is going to cool down while the group of coals is going to stay hot. Yeah. So, you know, you've got to stay in a group of people that can help each other out because you're all going to have weak moments and you've all got to lean on each other, mm-hmm. you know, and so it's really, it's ideal to have family and friends that are that way. Definitely. Um, but, you know, sometimes it's not always going to happen. So yeah. you got to kind of seek that out. You know, like at my work, you know, I'm a firefighter and I spend two days, three days mm-hmm. with people that are agnostic or atheist. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, we've come to an understanding to where, you know, we talk about what we talk about and mm-hmm. we don't really give each other a hard time about it. But it is kind of hard for me because I don't have that outlet, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so I have to call my wife or you know, my pastor still bugs me. And sometimes, you know, I'm still sometimes wanting to get in my shell. And my wife is like, you need to talk to your pastor. I'm like, <laughs> I'm, like I'm just exhausted with people, but she's right, you know? So, you know, you just, that's really important is, is that community talking mm-hmm. to people, um, getting involved in, in that. So, so you talked about how you had persecution at work before. So like, was that like at the start or was that at a different job or? No, it's like, so I used to just be one of the guys, yeah. do everything that they did, watch the same movies, talk about the same things. And then once I started becoming less of a fan and actually having that relationship with the Lord, mm-hmm. um, they noticed, you know, that I wasn't partaking in, you know, certain conversations or watching certain movies or, you mm-hmm. know, and then when I, you know, get asked why, I would tell them. And then, of course, you know, I would get a lot of, you know, uh, you know, poking and prodding and stuff like that. And, and the guys for a while basically was like, you can't tell him anything because, you know, he's a goody two shoes and he's this and he's that. And that lasted for, you know, a year or two. Um, Mm -hmm. But then they realized like, you know, somebody that believes in the Lord is, it's just like everybody else, but they just, you know, want to do things a little bit you know, not so corrosive to the mind. Yeah. You know, because these conversations and the things that you watch and the things that you talk about and things that you entertain, you know, really corrode your mind. Mm -hmm. And once you explain that to them, like, yeah, I have my Lord and I have, you know, God, and this is what I believe, but this is why, you know, like Mm -hmm. this, the Lord, you know, God wouldn't want me to do this but also, if you take it, even if you're agnostic or, or atheist, just think about, like, what this stuff does to your brain and stuff. Mm-hmm. Then they kind of, like, you know, will back off. So, you kind of have to put that in, the, you know, a different perspective. And, and you know, I prayed to, you know, God a lot. Just, like, help me with this. You know, help me with this. Because that whole, you know, vengeance is not yours. You know, that is the Lord's. Yeah. I had to run through my mind because, you know. I got a lot of things that had happened, and I wanted to take revenge. I absolutely did, yeah. but uh, I didn't against every you know instinct in me, mm-hmm. and it actually turned out all right. You know, it turned out well. So, um, you know, some things take time, but uh, so that's kind of kind of how that you know that goes. No, definitely. Like I can kind of resonate with that because I'm in EMS, and like it's a pretty similar group and atmosphere, and like so often because our jobs more morbid or difficult like 
people, they have a tendency to indulge in these things. And it's often like hard when you're a Christian and you don't live to the same standards. Like they kind of persecute you a little, but I think that's awesome that God can like sustain you through that. And it's really encouraging. Like, you know, like just stay to that high standard that they will respect you one day and like acknowledge that you're not any different. You just, you choose, well, you are different. You just choose to live differently, but that's beneficial and that's a better thing for it well right you know and like i said it, it, they come around you know now if they're watching a movie that's not appropriate i'll just mm-hmm. get up and i'll walk away and a lot of times they'll be like oh sorry you know or mm-hmm. or like you know they'll be like well you know what do you want to watch you know because i know we can't watch this and this and that so you know what do you want to watch so i mean they come around it's just i think it's just the the different you know aspect of it that gets people in the beginning. And I think Mm -hmm. sometimes, you know, things that are different, people kind of don't know how to handle. They Um, kind of shun it because they don't understand it. And they don't understand, like, you're not judging them. You just want to live your life a little differently. And Right. And once they find out that you're not, like, judging them and, Mm -hmm. you know, because I used to get all the time, well, you think I'm going to hell and, you know, all this. I'm like, I've never said that. I'm not going to say that because I'm not qualified to make that judgment. (laughs) True. You know? I'm just going to live like how I am. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you want to talk about whatever, you know, uh, the things that you do, the things I do, I'll partake in that conversation. But, I mean, I'm not going to judge because I've been there. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes it, you know, sometimes it, a 20-year-old is way further than I am. Sometimes yeah. it's, I'm ahead of a 60-year-old. And it, and I'm not talking about like it's a race or, no. you know, it's like... Cause you're never going to get there, no. but it's just a mindset of, you know, the dedication, mm-hmm. you know, because, you know, the whole thing about being a Christian and believing in the Lord is difficult because mm-hmm. you are foregoing a lot of your own pleasures, you yeah. know, your own things. And, you know, there's a lot of things that me myself would love to do, mm-hmm. Definitely. but I forego it because I have. Uh, a higher, you know, uh, thing in mind. And it wants, you know, it's really hard at first, Yeah, you know, like the, the tithing, like my wife got me into tithing and it was like, it was like difficult. Like, you know, I'd see that come out and it's like, like, you know what I could buy with that? You know what I could do with that? <laughs> you know, I could have like the nicest truck with that paint, you know, monthly payment. Mm-hmm. But then once you start doing it and you get past that, you get rewarded in so many different ways and you don't even think about it after a while, you know, because you still are, you know, able to live a a really good lifestyle and it, God makes it up for other ways, you know, like, Mm -hmm. you know, I've gotten checks back from paying over mortgage or escrow stuff or, Mm -hmm. you know, checks from, you know, different things like, Oh, you, you know, we made a mistake. And so, you know, here's a $1,200 check back or, you know, things like I want to buy a plane ticket to go see my family, mm-hmm. you know, um, or well, in this case, it was, you know, my wife's family, you know, wanted to go see her and her family. And, but I don't have the money. And all of a sudden, an $800 check came in the mail. Like, yeah, like, wow, you know, that's like, awesome. it comes in different ways, you know, so that's kind of how I see it. Yeah, that's definitely God. Like, we pay tithe and like, you know, sometimes we see it as a burden or we're giving up something, but really, you know, God talks about, you know, like he will pay it back to us, you know, like just because you're tithing, he's still going to give you back. And there's a blessing for doing that, what he requires of you, because like 
ultimately he owns it all. And so like, he's just asking you to give a little back, but he's still going to bless you because you took that little step of faith. Exactly. So we talked about your line of work and stuff, how you're a firefighter and how you have anxiety. So just kind of like, how do you deal with all that? Because obviously it's a very high intensity, like stressful job. Yeah. Um, I don't know where the anxiety came from. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a, my best friend pass away at my house about 10 years ago. Yeah. And I just kind of got anxiety starting from then. Mm-hmm. But it's always triggered by something I shouldn't be doing. Um, okay. I, you know, it took me a long time to figure out what my triggers were. Yeah. And sin is actually my trigger. If yeah. I am feeling guilty where I need to, you know, repent for something and yeah. I'm not, that's, I, well, now that I look back, that's, that's been my trigger. It's like a, a you know, a toxic thing inside you and it just sets off. So like the um, bad things you're doing are true. Right. You know, and, and you don't, and like, you're not even thinking about it, but mm-hmm. your heart, your mind and God knows it. And it's just a little trigger. It's just a little voice in your you know head that says, you, know, you shouldn't be doing this. It's God reminding you, tapping you on the shoulder, like, Hey, <laughs> you know, what, what are you doing? And then if I just like, ah, do what I want, mm-hmm. then that that's when I have an internal struggle and my anxiety sets off. Yeah. I was on meds for six years, um, taking meds every day for six years to try to, to try to, you know, um, calm it, calm myself down and keep Mm -hmm. myself level, but it didn't really work, you know, cause I still had anxiety attacks, went to the hospital three times, you know, high blood pressure, um, and, and all that. But once I started, you know, having my community, uh, in the church, and, um, you know, like I said, I have to pray a lot of times yeah. and talk to God to fall asleep. That's been now my, my outlet is mm-hmm. when I have an anxiety attack, I feel it coming. Um, and instead of, you know, popping a pill or whatever, I go straight to the Bible. I pray, I find a quiet room, you know, mm-hmm. um, and I just, I pray and I haven't had a real big attack since and it's been a couple years um and it's been very helpful and and when i go to you know my patients um you know that have anxiety or Mm -hmm. you know panic attacks and and we kind of talk about this a little bit and you kind of you know when you're working with your patients though in a professional setting you kind of have to be careful about what you say but you can kind of tell from what people say and you can kind of throw out hints and Mm -hmm. you know and once they start talking about it then you know you can talk about it and and just say well what's your triggers you know think about it what you know what helps you out um because this is what helped me out you know um i picked up the bible i got rid of my meds and haven't looked back so that could be an option for you so that's just you know something that i really feel really passionate about is Mm -hmm. is there's other there's you know god is the ultimate you know healer yeah and if you if you know that then you're not going to need you know, anxiety meds and stuff like that to get over these mental problems because it's a, it's a mental thing. Yeah. Um, you know, for me it was. Mm-hmm. And so you just got to put yourself in a different set of mind mm-hmm. and look to the Lord. So yeah, definitely. Like I can really resonate with that because, you know, I struggled with depression when I was young and like a lot of it was like the own onset of myself, like different things I was doing, I was watching or I was reading, like it kind of put me in that darker state of mind. 
and kind of like just praying and talking to God, like he just miraculously pulled me out of it. It's like just a miracle. And like, you know, obviously it doesn't work for everyone, but like there is those incidents that like, but if you do pray and you do read your Bible, God will really pull you out of that and he'll really work with you through that. So even if you can't go off your meds, like you could lower the dosage or like, you know, you have a resource or an outlet. So it's just not so overwhelming. Right. You know, and like you say, you know, God pulling you out of that. Um, I've always, you know, thought that, um, you know, God doesn't stop you from falling in the pit, but he gives you a ladder to get out. Yeah. You know, so you are a human and you're a person and you're gonna get into places, you know, and mm-hmm. in your mind and, you know, dark places and stuff that you don't want to be. Yeah, definitely. Um, but if you look to him, he's going to give you the resources. He's going to put somebody in your life. He's going to put a message there. He's going to give you some kind of hope mm-hmm. to get out yeah. rather than if you didn't have him and you get yourself into that situation, then you're relying on getting yourself out. And that's not a place where I want to be. No. I don't want to rely on myself because myself got me there, yeah. you know? Um, and so that's just kind of, yeah. So that's, that's, that's a really important thing that I wish, you know, people would, would know is, is there's, there's a community out there for them mm-hmm. that, you know, um, that God's going to help. Mm-hmm. You just kind of have to, you just kind of have to lay it out there, you yeah. know? So, um, I think if you don't speak it out to other people, um, and you try to keep it from other people, then that's just, it's really unhealthy. Mm-hmm. And I think God wants you to put it out there. Yeah. You know, he wants you to put it out there. He wants, you know, you to put it to your community because he put those, those community there for you. You know, God works through people too. Yeah. Definitely. And so, you know, don't, tr- don't hold that stuff in because when I was holding that stuff in, that's, you know. Yeah. That's, and it can be like really scary to reach out and like sometimes you get rejected or hurt in the process. But I think like it's important to remember like we're all human. Sometimes people will hurt you, but that doesn't mean God still can't help you. And that doesn't mean he can't heal you through that or that you should stop reaching out because community is big. Like having a good Christian community, like you can talk about your struggles because like so often like when I talk to my mom about something I'm dealing with, she like she kind of reminds me she's like, you know, Camus, there's a lesson to be learned from this. Because sometimes when we're like so in deep with whatever's surrounding us, we can't see the light at the end of the tunnel or we can't see the reason for it. But like other people outside of it can kind of just like look through it and be like, you know, like this is the lesson that God's trying to teach you or like there is a light, you know, like there is hope. And I think that's why Christian community is just so big. Right. And you never know by you laying your problems out might just give enough courage to somebody else mm-hmm. to lay theirs out yeah because somebody else could be silently struggling and once they feel that you know that you've laid it out mm-hmm. then they might open up and you can help somebody else out with your problems mm-hmm. and that's what i get a lot of joy out of is yeah. you know we take these trials and you need to turn them into something good and learn from them mm-hmm. like i said it's refining you yeah and you take all those lessons and you can help other people with those. Yeah, exactly. You know, um, so it's really, really nice when somebody confides in me. And I'm like, I know exactly what you're talking <laughs> about, you know, because I have patients all the time that have anxiety attacks mm-hmm. and they're apologetic. They're like, I'm so sorry. You know, when we're taking them to the hospital, I'm so sorry. I'm like, you know what? Don't even be sorry because I've been in the back of this ambulance three times in the last 10 years 
getting taken to the hospital. It happens to people. Yeah. It, and then that makes them feel a lot better. And that is awesome. So, yeah, you know. that's definitely like God uses our pain or our brokenness or whatever we're struggling with. And he uses that to reach other people in the exact same spot. Mm-hmm. And so like, that's just God and that's Christian community. And that's like all the things you've been talking about, just like working to help save and reach out to others. Exactly. No, that's awesome. So Tiffany, we've talked to Kaylin or Buck a lot. So do you have any stories that you'd like to share about how you just really noticed how God is real in your life? Yeah, I mean, I think, I can't remember if I shared this already, but just early on, I always thought like, I was a, I'm was a Christian, and I was a Christian. You know, yeah. I, I never not believed. I never remember growing up thinking God wasn't real or God wasn't there. But it really, I think like Kaylin said, until you hit that rock bottom, sometimes yeah. you, you don't have that um, contrast of what the light is mm-hmm. until you've been in the complete darkness. Yeah, and I think for me, it really hit me when I was going through my divorce. And, um, you know, when I got married, of course, nobody gets married thinking that they're going to get a divorce. Yeah. I don't, I mean, not that I know of, <laughs> at least that wasn't my, you know, take on it, but it, things happened. And, mm-hmm. and through that, it was definitely a process because in that process, I knew, even though I knew the Lord, I wasn't acting like I knew the Lord, if yeah. that makes sense. I wasn't a very good Christian in the eyes of maybe somebody that was a good Christian, yeah. but I thought I was fine. Yeah. I thought, you know, I'm good. I, you know, who's judging me? You know, I made some horrible mistakes mm-hmm. along that journey. But I think, like Kaylin said, you know, God allows you to make these mistakes to show you the other side of it too, because you can't experience, mm-hmm. you know, one without the other. And so, anyway, I remember for me, I think when it really turned around for me was um, I was at a women's conference at Calvary Chapel um, in Olympia. And I was with a bunch of women, and we're sitting around a table, and this lady named, um, I can't think of her name right now, Joanne. Joanne was sitting at the table, and she said, you know, she's like, it's so funny how people just don't realize how easy it is to have accept the Lord in their life. All they have to do is ask. Mm -hmm. They just have to ask for Jesus to come into their heart. And I remember thinking, I was 33 years old, and I thought, good Lord, I've never done that. And I have no idea, I had no idea that I didn't have a personal relationship Mm -hmm. with Jesus. And right then and there, because I'm not a real vocal person in big settings, I'm just, I don't know, it's just not me. And I didn't want people to know that I wasn't really a Christian. So I just said it to myself. I said, you know, Lord, please come into my heart. You know, I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. And please help. And from that, it was April 20th of 2013, which is funny because that's the date that we got married, April 20th. Um, but that's the day that I would consider myself being like a, when people say you're born again, you know, mm-hmm. that's definitely my date. And from that date, it's almost like everything was so much more clear, Yeah. but it wasn't puppies and roses and kittens and rainbows. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. just more clear. And it was very obvious. I had a lot more conviction of right from wrong. Yeah, definitely. I, and I definitely paid for, I mean, I was still a sinner, mm-hmm. and I sure as heck paid for everything I did since then. And I just think that, for me, that was a big deal. And so anyway, that happened on April 20th of 13. Yeah. And then the next month was when I was legally divorced. And I remember coming out of the courtroom and sitting in my car, and I turned on the radio, and I felt like I had just left a funeral. Mm-hmm. You know, I just felt like someone had died or my family had died, you know, that was, it was over. And 
I turned on the radio and it was one of those moments where you're listening to the radio, but you're not really listening. And then all of a sudden it's like blaring in your ear. Mm-hmm. And the song by Big Daddy Weave came on called Redeemed. Mm-hmm. And the song says, I am redeemed. I've been set free. You know, you've taken these chains and these these weights off of my chest. And I felt like the Lord was telling me, you know, I'm redeeming you from everything wow. that you've done. And I'm taking this weight that's been on you for all this time. And, you know, you're a new creation, basically. And so that was a big turning point for me. Um, That was probably one of my biggest Jesus moments. (laughs) That's so cool. Like when we're in the midst of our struggle or like our darkest hour, and we're like, God, where are you? We're like, this is so hard. Like he just speaks to us so clearly sometimes. He's like, I see you, my child. I'm right here with you. I'm going to redeem you. You know, I'm going to say, if I'm going to take this weight away, like just like speaks to you right in that moment. No, that's, that is so powerful. That's so God. Yeah, that was, that was a cool one. Um, <laughs> and what's funny is I think, I mean, he's been there all along, yeah. but I never noticed. Yeah. And so I think it's, for me, it's been, you know, doing simple acts of obedience mm-hmm. and they could be just the simple things because He's not going to trust you with great things if you can't be obedient to the small things, just like with tithing or anything. Mm -hmm. And so um, probably my next best story, my Jesus story, (laughs) is um, I was raised—I was single. I was raising my two boys. Mm -hmm. I had what I thought a great little life going. I had a good job. I was happy in my little house. And I was reading the Bible, and I—this was the first time I actually heard to me like an audible— voice like i heard him say to me i want you to look into foster care oh wow and i remember i think i even said out loud i don't want to do that <laughs> i don't want to do that and but then as soon as i said that i started crying because mm-hmm. i knew i was supposed to do that Aww. and i didn't want to do that <laughs> and so oh i don't know what year that was i think that was in 2015 14 or 15 but I just knew that for whatever that meant, I had to do it. Mm-hmm. I had to, I had to, f- f- you know, try to follow what he was trying to tell me to do. And so I did. And I, I lived in a house that was, um, had two bedrooms and an office. So if I were supposed to be doing foster care, um, I would needed a, I would have needed a bigger house. Yeah. So anyway, so I prayed about it and I said, Lord, if you really want me to do this, you're going to have to help me sell this house and put me in another house. And so mm-hmm. I listed my house that weekend on a Friday. Yeah. I got over a full price offer by that Monday. Oh, wow. And the very next day, I remember having to make a decision by three o'clock on a Monday mm-hmm. to accept this offer or not. I didn't have anywhere to go because oh, wow. I hadn't found a house. And I remember I prayed. I said, Lord, if you really want me to do this, you need to make it happen. Yeah. Like, I'm scared to death. I'm going to be on the streets, <laughs> like nowhere oh, to live. And sure enough, that very next day, I walked into the house that now Kaylin and I live in that is gigantic, (laughs) way too big for just a single mom with two kids, Mm -hmm. but it was plenty big to have foster children. And then ultimately, I ended up marrying somebody that had three more kids. So now I have five kids. So (laughs) it's just funny. It's just looking back at how he orchestrated just all of that. And just to me, like that simple act of obedience, I did it and he really Mm -hmm. made it happen. In yeah. more ways than I ever could imagine. And like, no, that's that really does speak to me. Because like so often, sometimes God asks us to do something. And we're like, no, I don't want to do that. That's scary. Or that's not something mm-hmm. that I've ever really thought of before. But that's exactly what he wants us to do. And even though like, 
at least for me, like I'll fight God. And, but in the end, you have to surrender because ultimately he's right and mm-hmm. it's for what's the best. And like, like, man, like the faith that you had, like stepping out to sell your house, like sometimes God asks us to do these insane things and like, because he's trusting us, like he wants to see, do you really trust me? And like, but when he rewards that trust, like, you know, selling your house overpriced and then <laughs> finding a second house, like, wow, like God really working in our lives, like, mm-hmm no matter what the circumstances are, if we're scared, he's there, like, you know, just leading us all along the way. No, that's amazing. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you guys. I really yeah. appreciate it. Because I know that you guys came down to visit us and I'm <laughs> sure this wasn't the ideal thing to do, but we really appreciate it. And just, wow, God has really worked in your lives and just thank you for sharing. Yeah. So thank if you. you wouldn't mind if I prayed with you guys before we were done. Dear Father in Heaven, thank you for Buck and for Tiffany, for obviously being part of my family, and for sharing their stories. And just, Lord, we know that in sharing stories, they are a blessing to us and to others, and help their stories to be a blessing to others, and help them to find a blessing in this as well. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Just thank you, guys. Thank you. God is real. God is good. Yeah, yeah, yeedy. If you've enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to follow, share, like, and review. Also, you can contact us at our Facebook page that is God is Real, God is Good podcast, or you can email us at God is Real, God is Good podcast at gmail.com. Bye!